That is episode 56, Done and Dusted, Billy, Mrs. Doubtfire, and co-parenting. I learned a lot more about co-parenting than I realised what it was this week. So what is it and what are people going to learn this week? Yeah, so a few different things. We're going to talk about um, you know, how we be the best parents when we're parenting together and still in a relationship. We touch mm. on you know, what to do when the relationship's falling apart a bit, what to do when there's a separation and you're parenting separately. We had lots of questions that came in prior to this, which is why this, this topic was chosen. But we're really hoping people will send in a lot of examples about the practical things that they struggle with specifically and then we're going to guide them through that as well. But yeah, yeah. I think a really good app. Yeah, really great app and a couple of cracking Griswolds this week from both of us. It uh, hasn't been our greatest week. <laughs> but that's all right, Billy. Uh, yeah. Bit of reflective practice. I can get better. Bit of, bit more routine. Guys, thank you so much for uh, jumping into this episode. We think you're going to love it. Make sure you send your questions through to Pop Culture Parenting via our Instagram and make sure you follow us there because then you can see the stories that come through and they might prompt some more questions for you. It just makes it a bit easier if you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to ask. The stories will help you do that. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Billy, a developmental paediatrician. And I'm Nick, a developing parent. We're going to use scenes from iconic movies to talk about how we best support our kids. This is Pop Culture Parenting. Hey, don't let your mother smell that beer on your breath. She'll take it out on me. Good morning, Dr. Billy Garvey. How are you? Good, Nick. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. It's early. I haven't had a coffee. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez, I'm too deep. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous because I'm pretty tired this week. Really? Yeah, a little okay. bit. But we'll get to that. That's my Griswold later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, got a great Griswold as well. Oh, do you? How have you been? Uh, yeah, just multiple Griswolds every day. Every day I'm Griswolding. I got but one that will make the listeners' ears curl this week. It's really? A, oh, it's a barn burner. Yeah. Deserved. It was always going to happen, but you know. It's funny because I find I keep this, I keep some of the hard stuff that I'm going through from you to save it for the box. <laughs> <laughs> and you're one of the main like supports of when I'm finding it tough. So it's like this weird thing. It's funny. It's kind of like we head in. I'm like, well, Billy's having a really great week. Then you have the podcast. And afterwards I'm like, mate, are you okay? Like, <laughs> what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I know. There's been a few times during, uh, since we've done it, where people have come up to me and gone, Oh, mate, you uh, sounds like you're having a bit of a tough time. So yeah. no, we'll see. But um, but no, great topic this week. Yeah, um, we do. And this is the reason this uh, very quickly bumped up the list because we've already got a bunch of questions. So mm-hmm. again, we're going to ask the questions, but we've had a heap of people asking mm. us about this. So um, we'll get into that. But yeah, do you want to? Who should go first on that? I've I've got kind of a Winslow. Oh really? So yeah, do you want me to give the? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I don't object to fun. I love fun. In fact, I'm the grand funk master of fun. So this is, it's just going to sound like a massive pat on my, my back. Do it. <laughs> but so it's actually topic. on topic. Okay, <laughs> um, go. It's very on topic. So yeah, currently, as you know, Annalise is um, driving back after her last 24-hour call shift to be back home, which is amazing. Six massive. months, hardest six months of my life. Uh and juggled between, yeah, parenting alone here or, um, yeah, parenting in a rural community. It's three hours from where I work. And yep. uh, you've um, been a part of a lot of the Griswolds that have resulted from that. But it's, 
including me getting on the wrong train. And <laughs> doing lots, <laughs> I've doing, played a part. <laughs> doing lots of things. And, um, yeah, so it's just a really nice thing to think about because um, what we're going to talk about is co-parenting today and there's a lot of moves that the literature would show that have helped me kind of get through that and things mm. that I probably should have done better, which we're going to chat about. So Brilliant. that's been a really uh, tough time and a lot of people do it a lot harder than that. But, yeah, it's just been really difficult and it's been um, a real strain on the relationship, which is what we're going to talk about today in mm. terms of how does that relationship impact how we raise our kids and how our kids develop and their own mental health. So, yeah, that's my quick one. The reason I signal that is because we're going to talk about kind of just some practical stuff, like yeah. you always say, practical moves. I love, uh, we love your practical moves. Yeah, I do love the theory and some. There's no great <laughs> philo- philosophy. Oh, philosophy, philosophy. even. Um, <laughs> Tongue twister, 7am. But uh, yeah, so we'll go deep into that though, the practical stuff. Yeah, awesome. That's great. But let's air our Griswolds, (laughs) Billy, on this uh, fine morning. Hey, don't let your mother smell that beer on your breath. She'll take it out on me. You want to go? A deep side over the top of uh, Clark W there because... This was always coming, this Griswold. This was okay. this was living some amazing summer nights and everything going really well and it's all holiday mode. It all came home to roost on Sunday for me, the day before work started. Well, my first long stint back at work. So it was a special day. It was grandfather's birthday. So for breakfast it was chocolate croissants, cookies and uh, ice cream cake. And then I thought, I'm going to write this ship when we get home. We're going to have some carrots and whatnot. And Straight breakfast in your house, just for listeners might not realise, a pretty exciting time, aren't they? Yeah. You're often rocking pancakes and it's a lot of fun in your house in the mornings. We, we do. We like that. But we're, we're, in, we're, in, we're in the uh, grandparents' hands, which is great. So we do that Sunday, you know, special breakfast, lots of sugar. we got to get home. We're going to get everyone sorted out because we've got to back up and go to swimming and then we've got to go to more grandparents. I'm like, sweet. Get home. Put down the little one for the nap. 45 minutes later, she crawls out of the bedroom clearly hasn't slept and we're like got a bit swimming in 20 minutes i'm like all right she's dropping a nap today totally fine <laughs> let's rock this did you really feel it was totally fine or we said we thought she could be due <laughs> the evidence will suggest otherwise. <laughs> um but then we sort of cruise through the day we go to swimming come home we drive over to the grandparents in a meet in the park and this stage i've got like in the in the in the picnic box for them i've got carrots and ham and 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 all of that all the good stuff I'm like i'm going to steer the ship back we're going to eat something good we're going to go home turn up mum's got the dixie dixie cups <laughs> and a bowl of jelly you know dixie cups are yeah, yeah. <laughs> the listeners don't they oh they're little, little vanilla ice cream cups mm. and i'm like oh okay this could be interesting anyway my oldest daughter proceeds to have four bowls of jelly and ice cream <laughs> We drive home and I'm scrambling on the way home. I buy a roast chicken just to buy something. No one's interested in roast chicken because they're now sleeping in the back of the car at 5.30 heading home. I get home. All right, guys, it's time for put down. And it was the worst put down in history. Yeah, really. Two hours. Two hours of like, I've seen some put downs. I've been parenting for nearly five years. This was disaster. And it was actually really heavy because my, my – my daughter, I didn't know what it was. I'd never seen like a real sugar drop. Like I've never seen that kind of, everyone talks about it, the post-party thing, and I'd never seen it. Oh, my God. And it's really bad. It's like a tantrum but worse. Yeah. Okay. A tantrum with a lot of anxiety. It was actually really tough to listen and hear um, from her. And um, 
it was not what we kind of wanted heading into like the first day back at work for mum and me and all that sort of stuff and it was tough. So um yeah, absolute nightmare of yeah. the day. And and no and no, the two year old wasn't ready to drop her nap either. <laughs> no, and it's interesting because uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Serious side first. Yeah, what you're talking about is like a struggle with transitions as well, which is what we're, a lot of what we're going to talk about today, whether mm. you're kind of parenting together or co-parenting or we can talk about parallel parenting. Transitions are really tough. Um, but, yeah, our clinics are just being overwhelmed at the moment with a lot of parents that are struggling because school's gone back. So everyone's just like chaos. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Um, yeah, we've just had a lot of parents that are finding it really tough in this zone and that just shows how challenging it is and how much our routines support <laughs> us. And then when we go, no routine, call back to routine. Oh, yeah, and this is the thing. Last week uh, it, I was like, oh, I've got a Winslow. I've been away with my cousins. They've been staying up till 10 at night. It's been fantastic. Everyone's having a great time and I come home and then when it's time to get back into routine, the girls are like, hang on. I'm on ice cream and jelly over yeah, here, and yeah. I'm I'm not keen for that. So yeah, isn't there something about the hot chook that's just like it's the ultimate bailout? Isn't it? <laughs> it's like, I went to yeah. it, and it was the worst move. Yeah, <laughs> it's my it's my uh, get out of jail free card that well didn't work. We try and make this podcast evergreen, but do you remember recently there was that fashion show where the high end fashion handbag was like a knitted. Hot bag of chook. Oh, yeah. You know what I've heard it called recently? The bachelor's handbag. <laughs> <laughs> you go and pick it up from Coles, the bachy handbag. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? So, no. Anyway. Well, yeah, tough, tough times, but you're so good at getting back to routine and obviously routine supports a lot of your balance that you achieve in life that I'm very jealous of. So, um, no, but my, yeah, my Griswold is an interesting one. So, yeah, just chaos. Last mm-hmm. week of chaos. And, you know, they often say, like, you know, you're most likely to have a car accident, like, a kilometre from home and stuff. <laughs> yeah. In terms of just, like, you, see, you go, cool, it's sweet, I'm through. I've done this. Yep. And I've obviously done six months of just absolute chaos and drowning. So I was like, sweet, last week, this will be fine. Now, I won't mention who it is because um, we're going to do some stuff together. But very big media personality in the country is like, sweet, let's have a coffee. I think we've got some ways to help. So I'm like, cool, all right. So seven-kilometre drive to where I was meeting him. It takes, you know, on Google Maps, 30 minutes. Sweet, half an hour, it's good. I'll, I'll make sure I'm there on time. I'll give it 50 minutes. So I'm chaos. I'm like waking Evie up in the morning. She's wanting to play. I'm like, no time for play. Just roll her into daycare, you know, as the place opens, hand her over, she screams, have to peel her off me, come back, run the border collie, like flying as quickly as I can, get back in the car, and I'm like, sweet, I'm going to make it. I've got 50 minutes to drive 30 minutes. Takes me 40 minutes to drive 2Ks, just gridlock. And I'm like looking at the clock, call this amazing friend who's setting all this up and say, look, I'm going to be late. Huge media personality is making time for me and I'm just, you know, you're in the car and you're like, you know, the gridlock traffic is a bit of a gap, great. Crossing lady comes out and like edges the little preppies over and I'm just like red hot volcano about to explode, just going, this is wild. And... Finally get to the cafe, 15 minutes late, rolling in there going, how am I going to salvage this? You know, this is unsalvageable. Just glance down quickly as I walk in. You're wearing pants? Pants are on, but wheat bicks down the front of the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and rolled in there and said, hey, I'm Billy. Thanks for making the time. <laughs> so, and he was lovely about it, but I was just like, 
this is too much, this is too hard and I was just completely overwhelmed and like failing at life and so critical on myself and all that stuff. So thank God the guy was phenomenal about it and there's some exciting stuff happening. But um, but yeah, just classic 11th hour, I'm nearly through this and it's, yeah, you just drop your guard and then go, cool. So I almost got out halfway and ran because I was like, I'm just going to leave the car wherever it is. <laughs> just Punch out vin- some four-minute cars. Vintage Subaru. <laughs> It's, it's worth, nice worth about 500 bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if someone would be doing me a favour taking it off my hands, it's probably insured more than it's worth. But, um, but yeah, so tough tough times, tough week, pretty sleep deprived and just oh. been keeping my head above water, just the nose <laughs> sticking out for air. But, yeah, tough times. So it's, and it's, it's on topic. We're going to talk about, like, how hard it is because there's a lot of parents that will just be like, yeah, sweet, that's kind of every day for me. Mm. It's just trying to on my own get kids out the door and do all the stuff that needs to happen and yeah yeah. so we'll kind of talk to that but before we get to that the amazing movie that is mrs doubtfire correct what thoughts i you know do you have before we go to the rewatch can you remember this as a kid yeah i remember it as a kid i remember thinking it was hilarious it was kind of that for me it was like it preceded uh the nutty professor where eddie murphy would dress up in you know five Mm. characters and i was like oh you can do this like as a i think i was 12 when it first came out i was like oh yeah. There's a guy dressed up as a girl pretending to be a nanny. I was like, oh, this is wild. Like, yeah. It was, it was, I don't know, there's probably other films before it where it's happened, but I was like, this is cool. Yeah, I was thinking like Tootsie or there was some stuff before it. But yeah, it's really interesting. You know, it took four hours to get the makeup on and Robin Williams. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about his life and he, um, yeah, he used to put the makeup on and then he'd roll around San Fran where it was shot and like, there's a story of him going into a sex store and like buying heaps of their stock. <laughs> and like straight facing it, you know, deadpanning it the whole time. You just imagine that person. He would have been a character. Yeah, so a huge character. And the how after he passed away, the house became a bit of a memorial and but it's um yeah, and this movie did really well. Um you know, won Golden Globes and won an Oscar for Best Makeup, I think, which is your point of how good it was. But it's a really interesting movie for a bunch of reasons. We've spoken a bit about Sally Fields, you know, an amazing kind of business before we started recording. Amazing actress and she did a lot of amazing advocacy work. Um, Rally for Sally was this big advocacy work for osteoporosis and had this famous Emmy speech where she was like – you know, I think in 2007 where she got was getting the Emmy and was like, if the if the world was run by mums, there wouldn't be any wars or something like that. And they, they cut her off. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, she's a really interesting character. Her character in the movie is a really interesting mum and probably a lot of one, a one that a lot of parents can relate to. My mum, like, hated this movie. She was like, you know... It, what it just shows the dad needs to be fun and everything sweet. And I actually watched it with that lens on the rewatch. And I don't know how you felt watching it as a parent now and just the different parenting and what happens and things like that. Do you yeah. have any comments? <clears throat> yeah, there's obviously the start where he decides to throw a party for his 12-year-old son <laughs> impromptu with like pet animals. Mm. And he is the fun guy. That's what he does. But it is also what she does love about him. He is the fun guy that was different. Yeah. So yeah, she talks, she, about, she that, she talks about that. She goes, she talks about that to him while he's dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there is that part of it, but he goes too far and he can't get the uh, just rights right. Like he can't get the basics done. And then he ends up re- reflecting and changing and being great about it and evolving as like an adult. Yes. Um, but still being fun. And what gives him? Why does he evolve? Um, yeah, shock to the system because he. Yeah, what yeah. else? 
Um, don't know. So it gets a big shock. Mm. But it's it's really – there's an interesting kind of theory behind Mrs. Doubtfire that he kind of goes in as this caricature mm-hmm. of like, you know, Mary Poppins and is like, you know, children clean up and do homework and all that stuff. But then he actually realises that's the right way to parent them mm. and he starts actually supporting Sally Field's character. Mm-hmm. And the theory is that the makeup and everything starts falling off literally – as he gets better at it and becomes the parents that he's capable of being the supportive one and we'll, we'll kind of talk to that. The interesting thing before we cut off from the movie and go to the topic itself, what do you think about Pierce in this movie? God. If I thought Paul Walker had it last week in Fast and Furious, <laughs> Pierce had it in spades in the early 90s. Those peepers. He is handsome and yes. tanned. Yes, and tanned. Yeah, yeah and a good accent. egg. Yeah. Oh, charming. Tell, tell me what you mean by good egg. Oh, just the way where he... um. He's caught talking about, like someone asks, like you know, oh, who who you who you dating over there? And he says, I can't remember Sally's name in the show. Yeah, Maddox. No, I don't know who it was. But anyway, yeah, yeah. And then the says she's yeah. got, yeah. He goes, he goes, yeah. It's time for me to settle down. I mean, I'm forty, and she's already got three kids, and she's got three great kids. And mm. that one over there, I'm particularly fond of. She's just brilliant. And you're like, oh, he said that to a sort of stranger or to someone. <clears throat> he wasn't perturbed by saying like, oh. You're inheriting a family, mate. He's like, it's great because those kids are great. Yeah, and so he's a good egg, but he's just, yeah, but he's charming as hell. It reminded me a lot of his pre-roll for Thomas Crown, which I'm <coughs> the biggest fan of. I think Thomas oh, Crown affairs I'll like have to put it on the list. Well, yeah. it's not a lot of parenting, but I'll find a way. <laughs> Let, let's do something. <laughs> there wasn't a lot yet. Yeah, <laughs> Fast and Furious, yeah. So yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, so I remember as a kid hating Pierce Brosnan's character because I was like, he's coming between them <laughs> and all that stuff. And it's it actually is a really good point about co-parenting that you don't it, you need to be an adult to see that Pierce is actually a good guy. You have to be. An he's adult. a better partner for Sally. And but as a kid, including his kids, the risk is that you just go, Dad's right about everything. This guy's a jerk. He's throwing fruit at him. He's making underhanded mm. comments about him. And he's undermining him, mm. so he must be bad. But it could have been; it would have been an easy, easier thing to write to make Pierce Brosnan's character a jerk, mm. but actually made him a good guy, which I think is really interesting. The other thing they did really well is they didn't get back together in the end. Yeah, um, I liked that. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, I, I've actually uh, well, it's kind of not like I feel like there's a smidge of a door mm. left open, but I'm I don't think they go down. I sort of turned to Henry. I said, "Do you reckon they get back together?" And she's like, "No." Nah. I'm like, "Yeah." Me too. Great. Yeah, so the end, I I'm almost picked another scene, which we've spoken about right at the end, where they finally kind of have some reconciliation. Mm. And um, it's interesting because Sally Field says, the kids need you, not I need you. No. And that's kind of a really important distinction that's being made is what they've done really well is separate out mm. our relationship and our relationship with our kids. And it's a really important thing that needs to happen when mm. couples fall out and separate. So I've got to be honest, when we talked about this topic ages ago, someone asked about the topic now. Co-parenting, I'd never heard the term. Yeah. Like I was like, co-parenting, isn't I was like, isn't that what we do today when we're in a partnership living together? Yeah, we're going to talk about it in a few different contexts. And I think yeah. you're right. I think Annalise and I co-parent. I think you and Henry co-parent. Yeah. Like I think most of the literature talks about it from a kind of scientific, let's study how the kids go perspective of parents that uh, have obviously a child in common but are not in a romantic relationship anymore. Gotcha. separated or married and divorced. And gotcha. that's often what co-parenting means in the literature. But we're going to talk about it as there's a blend. I don't think anything, you know, 
I mean, you know, I think if you change relationships and you are not together anymore or not married anymore, I don't think there's something massively different that happens. So I think there's a lot of valuable stuff in what we're going to talk about sure. for people. So it's like a spectrum, really. There's yeah. either end, there's like, yeah, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so there is the, the highest end of that spectrum mm. where you're in an amazing relationship. Mm. You still parent kids differently to your partner. You always do. Always do. You can't parent the same way. Mm. And is that because of the background and the way you were parented or brought into that relationship? Yeah, definitely. It's also what your yeah, so totally. The biggest influence on how you parent is how you were parented. And obviously, you know, Henry was parented different to you. Yep. But, yeah, it kind of comes into this. And I, you know, you and I, not together obviously, but have um, a, a childhood that comes in on this stuff. Like yep. I, you totally. know, my parents separated. This There was bits of this movie that were pretty hard to watch, like the court scene. Like I remember going through the family courts and having, you know, lawyers kind of say, mm. say, say you want to be with this parent. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was awful. And, yeah. Um, yeah, they, I didn't have to go into the courtroom, but I had to like say everything just in a room oh. outside the courtroom and then had to do, you know, the end scene. It, it, I almost used it, but it was, um, you know, he talks about having someone, he could only see his kids with someone watching and that's how it kind of was for me at the start. And you just, mm. man, like imagine that as a parent. God, it, I can't imagine anything harder and then having kids that you adore and then kind of really struggling to have time with them on either side of it if you're the parent that he articulates it well. and yeah, <laughs> yeah so awful things that kind of can have a huge impact on on kids in their development but yeah so i think it's really interesting to think about this and hopefully mm. it's a topic that'll be valuable for everyone but tell me that yeah so parenting differently biggest reason and Lisa and i are different parents and you and henry are is because how you were parenting but it's mm. also like the moves that you have isn't it like there's stuff that you're really good at that henry's not the stuff that henry's really good at that you're not yeah you know and i think that being really thoughtful and purposeful and reflecting on that is important what mrs doubtfire shows us is that the mum is the has to be the grown-up she has to be the authoritarian not the she's not the judge dread she's kind of more closer to the authoritative parents yep. that kind of still listens to them and stuff. But what happens is Robin Williams constantly undermines that. Yep. You know, he does it in front of the kids, he does it outside of the kids and all that stuff. And you can see that's the reason that she's so frustrated. She's like, I'm the person that has to work. I'm he, the cop. Yeah, I'm the cop. And he classically just wants to win them over and be the fun guy. And he and he does that not just in his parenting but in his life. He quits mm. his job because they're like the cartoon bird that you're voicing smokes a cigarette. And he's like, I'm not going to – I'm going to change the script. And they're like, that's not your job. And he's like, I'm out of here then. See you later. And Tally Fields' character can't do that. She's like – we're living in San Fran in a beautiful house. I've got to pay pay the bills. And he kind of doesn't talk with her about that and they don't combine powers. They don't collaborate. And that's what often kind of families will really struggle with in the moment of co-parenting is that they're not on the same page anymore. They're not looking in the same direction and they're not utilising their strengths. And kids will pick that up. Kids notice that. And one of the biggest risks through childhood in the development mental health is what we call adverse childhood experiences. What's that? So they're called ACEs and that's kind of what things that happen and one of the biggest categories of adverse childhood experiences and there's neglect and abuse and all that kind of stuff but is household dysfunction. So Is what? Household dysfunction. Okay. What happens is, is that it's, 
you know, what we'll see all of these families that they're trying their hardest and all parents love their kids and are trying their hardest. But when there's kind of conflict and household dysfunction and emotional dysregulation in the relationship between the parents, there's what we call the spillover hypothesis. And what that means is that the relationship I have with Annalise, if it's dysfunctional and there's tension or arguing or disagreement, it spills over into the relationship that each of us has as individuals with the vet. And that's the risk is that as a, you know, even in preschool, kids are vulnerable to realising that, sensing it, the tension. Some older kids will be like, it's my job to fix it or I'm the cause, I'm the reason because I'm, you know, not able to get ready for school enough. Then mum and dad have an argument. It's my fault because I'm not getting ready for school quickly enough. Yep. And, you know, I still remember an experience of that, of being like, I'm the reason that these guys are fighting. And it's it's a really hard thing, especially for kind of the awkward kids that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Is they they pick that up. I think a lot of parents are like, "Oh no, we don't. We they don't know what's going on." And I've got lots of examples of that where people go through conflict or a separation or whatever, and they're like, "No, no, no, the kids are fine." And you're like, "They're just little sponges, you know. They're little sponges that are learning about emotions and social skills and all that stuff." And got to be careful that we're not kind of normalizing it's okay in a relationship to constantly be in conflict mm. and things like that now it doesn't mean perfect parenting because a lot of parents <laughs> i don't know if you've got any mates or you know that are like my parents never argued in front of me or you know they always did that behind doors and i think that's fine the risk you have then is that you don't show kids how to recover mm. and you don't go yeah i was really annoyed at your dad or whatever but it was a bit wrong of me to kind of shout and mm. stuff. And, you know, we both work really hard on being good to each other because we both, you know, are respectful of each other and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a really important part. And I, you know, I think Annalise and I are pretty good at it and just thinking about what are our common goals and how are our strengths. But it's an interesting thing to think about. And that kind of – the other thing is that not only the, the spillover of the conflict that you have within your relationship, mm. it also makes you a crappier parent – if you're constantly stressed, feel like you're on your own, you know. So regardless of even if the kid somehow isn't picking up any of it and it's not impacting your relationship with them, if you're stressed, feel unsupported, frustrated, you know, feel like you're doing the majority of the work, feel like you've, you know, you're Robin Williams' partner and he's just rolling in and doing parties and kind of undermining you all the time, it's a really hard thing to then be the best parent you can be. And I don't know if you have pockets like that, but I, I definitely do. Like where I'm just like, man, I'm doing 90% of stuff and it's not Annalise's fault, but I just I find I'm not as good at it then. Yeah, totally. I can't, I yeah. can't kind of – I can't shine as much as I can and bring the best of me to how I support Yvette and her development when I'm feeling like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we have that like where I just do crappy parenting moments and actually Henry is pretty good at labelling it in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. She'll be like – Dad is clearly stressed. <laughs> Let's exit the kitchen. Yeah. And it'll always be because sometimes I get under my feet in the kitchen. We've got a small kitchen, like a really small kitchen in the living area. And sometimes I'll just be like leaving their sleeping bags in the middle of the kitchen. I've got pasta water on and I'm like, God, get out. Everyone, get out. Yeah. And she'll go... Dad is just stressed that we're all in here, so let's just move out. So stuff like that. Like, yeah. Because I've got this paranoia about pasta water and boiling water and objects, which is a good thing. Totally, yeah, it's yeah. small kids. So, yeah. you yeah. know, in places like it's tiny, like it's yeah. that small thing. So, yeah. um, <laughs> But she'll label it in a good way. She'll be like, 
dad's just anxious that he doesn't want us to get hurt sort of thing. And the impressive thing is that you can handle that well. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? You can be like, yeah, cool. Most people will be like, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a picture of peace. (laughs) Yes, because it's really funny. The um, one thing, I don't know about you, this is me oversharing and this is not, you're not like this, but I definitely am. I look around when in chaos and look for to blame someone, something else. Oh. It's very hard to turn it back on myself. Even in the car when I'm like, I'm going to be late to meet this guy. This is so embarrassing. I was like, it's because of the traffic. It's because of this. It's because I'm having to do everything. It's because, you know, and it's not. It's because of me. Like, you know, and mm. that's, you know, there's a bit of luck in it that was a bit unlucky that morning, but I'm just doing too much. And that's where the answer is, where it's like, Cool, I shouldn't have made the meeting when I was, you know, in a solo parenting pocket. Amazing, you went and ran the dog in between. <laughs> it's guilt. There's Guilt does drive so much of what I do. And I've even, not that morning, but there's a couple of mornings where I'm like, man, I've got to get Evie out of the house in about seven minutes. And she just looks at me and pats on the couch and picks up a book. And I'm like, but I'm reading a book because I'm getting about an hour of time with you a day at the moment. So you say book, we do book. I've been made every night. I've gone to bath her and she's just – she does this thing where she taps the seat next to it, like on the ground, and goes, sit. <laughs> so every night I've been in the bath, <laughs> just sitting in there. I didn't want a bath. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want a bath. But I'm like – I skipped <laughs> bath last night, yeah. if I'm honest with you. Yeah. So I was like, no, you haven't been to – you know, you've been at home for most of the day. Yeah. You're clean. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's really hard. But, look, it's – um. It's an interesting kind of thing that happens when we're co-parenting. So then there's the kind of – so there's the co-parenting you and I are talking about now, which is how do we do it together and we'll talk about, well, what do you think are the moves? What do you think are the moves that you can do that will help? Henry's just done a really good one where she kind of calls you out to guide you back, to yep. identify, label, and guide you back. Yeah. And I know Henry well enough to know then she puts in the support you need. Mm-hmm. It's sweet, I'll take the kids out of the kitchen. It's yeah. sweet, I'll do this, I'll do that. Yep. And she's, you know, you're not asking for that, but she can pick up your nonverbal signals. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really good co-parenting. Yep. What, what are the other things that you need to do to be a good co-parent? Communicate. Not yep. wait for that moment that I have. Uh, to be able to actually communicate that I'm having a moment yep, and so, I'm struggling. Yep. So a really good part is um, yeah, what we call about reflective practice and go, how are we going as a team? What do you reckon? Mm. You know, and I, I don't know if you do that. I don't do that enough like with Annalise where we kind of go, yeah, how are we going with this goal of like doing the best thing we can to support oh. inner development? <laughs> yeah. So we like won't go all the way down the path, but yeah, we, we saw um, – a therapist together for a couple of years. Mm. I've, I think I've already talked about this on the podcast. So we've got we've done a lot of kind of back work. We don't go anymore now. We went because Henrietta got sick, mm. and so we went to co- to cope with that. There wasn't really we didn't think there was any major problems heading into it, but it sort of revealed that God it could be so much better, and it got a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> it's not perfect, <laughs> but it gave us a lot of the tools that you're talking about. That we then we actually do. She she does it. She loves she loves like. Um, psychology that sort of and and school of life that sort of stuff like it's kind yeah. of her jam a lot yeah. so she'll be like hey where are we at? how how are we traveling and i'll go oh. and sometimes she'll get me in a moment i don't want to talk about how we're traveling <laughs> but i will stop and have that chat so she kind of does that well i guess i think you're good at so that just too. so just lucky like no not lucky like she got sick and that's what got us to therapy but the good outcome of that was that we actually did spend a lot of time like we were going fortnightly for a couple of years yeah um 
We haven't been so much recently, but anyway, don't know why I brought that up. But that's kind of how no, we do it. It's made. I think that all of us should. I think it should be, you know, very easy for all of us financially and otherwise to be accessing a therapist. That's what we're talking about. Just proactively skilling up and reflecting, yeah, having yeah. someone guiding you through this, not waiting until your life's on fire. That's the point, going, right? She was so good at that. Because how do you that. develop skills then? Exactly. Yeah. She's like, I'm sick. I think it's going to get harder. I'm like, what? And she goes, let's see a therapist. I was like, oh, well, I don't know. Oh, what? Mm. Do we need to? And then, yeah. We I did. love, I don't know what you were like. I love seeing therapists. therapist. I've oh. seen a bunch in my time and I'm yeah. just like. Uh, yeah, I call, yeah, we have like the hotline at work as well. I've used that a couple of times in moments. Yeah, it's it just like they're amazing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like, like non-judgmental, just let it all go yeah it's also you can kind of it's you don't feel selfish for being like this is what's happening to me Mm. and i need help with it whereas a lot of time in other relationships or friendships Mm. you're like oh man i'm putting a lot of weight on this relationship whereas you know when it's the role of the therapist to be like yeah cool and that's your gig and they're very good at being objective so they're just like yeah i've had a lot of times where i'm like and they're just like that's ridiculous and it's often (laughs) the role you play for me billy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you do for me too and I yeah. think we're lucky and that's the thing. There'll be a lot of people out there. Like I've seen parents in clinic recently where it's just like, yeah, I'm the only one, you know. I don't have any support and they don't have anyone to talk to. Interestingly, I had a dad the other day actually saying the hardest thing about raising kids on my own is that I've got to be the good cop and the bad cop at the same oh. time. So he's like, I do something wrong and I mess up parenting and the kid like walks off, storms in the room or whatever. He's like... I have to recover it completely on my own. Sure. I have no one to come in and be like, this is how we're going to get back. This is how we're going to show them, you know. Hasn't got someone like like Henry going, oh, dad's having a moment. He's not doing too well. Let's get – like you don't have that. That would be bloody tough to have to recover every time. It would be taxing. Yeah. It would be hard. Yeah. It would be tiresome. Totally. And so what, what's the other stuff that needs to happen? So what that's in the moment that it's hard. Henry's coming in, helping you label it, providing mm. support, you know, all of that stuff. What's When it's not hard, what's important? Uh, oh, I don't know. Mm. It's not difficult. So, yeah, there's good evidence on this, but really positive affirmation about the things you're good at at parenting is a really oh, yeah. good okay. strengthening factor of how well you parent. Yes. And someone saying to you, whether it's your partner or whatever – Mate, you're really good at making sure that, you know, breakfasts are heaps of fun. Mm. You're really good at making sure that whatever they need during a put-down, you'll do it. Mm. You know, you're really good at making sure that when Freddie's having a bit of a tough time, you're there. You That's also on top of her and all that stuff. Yeah. And what that does is that affirms and it makes you feel more positive. It helps you boost your self-esteem as a mm. parent. And then you're more likely to keep doing it, feel the success, and you'll be better at it. You know, that's the classic trope of like, you know, the Kobe's dad saying, you know, just oh, doesn't matter if you don't score, I'm going to help you. Mm. Like you're awesome at basketball, I'm going to mm. be here for you and all that stuff. And you'll get better at it because you have someone that's backing you. And we need that as parents. You need someone who's backing you going, you know, yeah, these are the bits you're awesome at. Like I, I can, yeah, thousands of families I've seen in clinic, a lot of them – Heaps of trauma, heaps of bad stuff going on. I can always find something they're good at as a parent. Mm. And parents need to hear that, including you and I. I always reckon if they're coming to see you, it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you can <laughs> just yeah, walk through the door. how long you wait and how yep. you've got to get there and, you know, how hard it is and how overwhelming it is to go in and expose the things you're worried about and be honest about your own parenting experience is really challenging. And that's what we're trying to do on this podcast. Mm. But what else is, what else do you think is some positive stuff? 
Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't. I can't get my thinking around this. One of them's in the scene, so we'll cut to the scene and then wait. But um, the scene that we've picked, but as in he does it wrong. Um, yeah, and then so big part of affirmation. There's lots of research that looks at either parents that are in relationships or parents that have separated and kind of does what we call qualitative research, which is like what's the experience like? It's the type of research I like. It's not like numbers, you know, there was a 1% increase in this. It's like what's it like to be in, you know, what do, what are these people's experience like? And the biggest thing that shows the evidence of improving parenting for a parent who feels unsupported or there's conflict or whatever, what do you think it is? It's one of those like... Mindfulness kind of phrases. No, yeah. It's empathy. Ah, right, empathy, yes. Okay. So a lot of parents feel like they are not getting empathy from their partner. So you don't understand what my perspective is like. You don't know what it's like Mm. to be the person that does 90% of the parenting that your career means you can't help or whatever. Now, the best way to get empathy in that scenario is to give empathy. Yes, I knew that part. Yeah. So the best way for me is to go, cool, I'm finding it really hard. I'm doing 90% of parenting. But I wonder what it's like for Annalise to hardly see a vet, you know, yep. and to be doing 14, 15-hour shifts, go yep. days without seeing her and all this stuff. Yep. Now, that helps me in two ways. That helps me kind of think about, you know, perspective on what it's like, yes, but at least I'm getting time with her. But it also opens up a fair and equitable conversation about what's going on for her. I mm. don't come in guns blazing going you're not helping me this Mm. isn't you know i'm like this is also and what that does is it recognizes that there are different perspectives on parenting kids and elements of that need to be taken into consideration to find the path forward that's the challenge and you know like what we talked about earlier is what are the individual strengths it's important to call that out and say yeah cool you're really good at this bit i'm really good at that bit what you can't land on which i'm not perfect at is you're better at being the one that brushes the hair, brushes the teeth, does the bedtime and all that stuff, which are kind of all the crummy things. Yeah. And you're like, I'm because I'm a bit of the Robin Williams. I'm the like, I'm the guy that's fun, tickling, throwing around on the bed, wrestling. Yeah. But Annalise is often the person that like when there's something that needs to happen that is going to be hard to do, she's the one that comes in and I've got to stop doing that. Yep. Because it's not fair. But it's you guys are probably a bit better at balancing it out. But it is the challenge of parenting. Yeah, and it's being clear about what you do and don't like, but also not saying you won't do it. So mm. like, I'm I'm out of the gates. I'm six a.m. Let's go. Like yeah. totally fine. Post bath time, I don't like that period. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that don't like that period. So I then go just do all the clean up or any other prep that has to be done. That that's the period. The last, the last mile, the golden mile that gets me. Anyway, yeah. So we're so also that's, that's good. So we get on the same that. page. Yeah, yeah. I, I still do page. it. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I'd probably do thirty percent of it as opposed to Henry do seventy percent of the sort of last put down stuff. Yeah, but then I, you know, go do all the other things. It's just like, oh, I just can't. That last bit gets me. Yeah, definitely. Now, what about yeah? So you've got to pick the strengths and go. Cool, I'm never going to be capable of being that, but I probably can be the person that brushes a vet's hair and stuff. You know, but Could. I'm, but I'm probably going to be <laughs> yeah. I know both of us are in competitions. Who's got the Longest. most unruly mop? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, yeah, we're almost rocking exactly the same hairstyle at the moment. <laughs> so, 
It's yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, so I think that's a really important bit. Now, what about we've talked a lot on the podcast, especially with the orchids or kids mm-hmm. are having a bit of a tough time mm-hmm. about consistency that's around them. Oh, critical. Yeah. So what do you think about consistency and like you well, know consistency in your parenting is what you're telling me. So, so like can't yeah. have one good day. Yes, but what about with specific stuff? Say you're trying to help Freddie with something that she's struggling a bit with. Like toileting? Yeah, like toileting. Okay, yeah. Consistency is everything. Yeah, why? Why is consistency everything with that? Because uh, you can – because it's tough. It's obviously a skill. Like with something like toileting, like could be like a really big skill gap for that kid. Um, you need to set up the environment so that they get used to it so they can actually perform better in it and you can correct them and they know – about sort of the correction and what they're trying to specifically work on, like it's going to the toilet. And like if it goes well, you can celebrate it, but don't over-celebrate it. If it goes badly, don't blow it up and like we're all starting again. Yeah. But just gives them like a really clear target each time to work on and at and you just try and create that environment over and over. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of um, true co-parenting, separated parents, different houses, that's all of the frustration I hear so about tough. in clinic is like we're trying to do this at home around sleep and every time they go to their dads or their mums, it's all out the window. Yep. You know, and the risk is what is happening is the kid is struggling in something. They don't need the additional task of looking around and having to go, cool, what's my support going to be like this time? What's the response going to be? I'll get yelled at because I'm here. I'll get ignored because I'm there. This person will really help me with X, Y, Z, but this person will really help me with A, B, Z, C. And it's like you need to be consistent because then the kid doesn't have to think about what's the support going to look like. Yeah. The kid just gets supported. And Billy, like let's say we're talking about early separation or divorce or whatever, like that transition. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about like that because that probably comes into the consistency. That's a probably really important part. Yeah, so there's heaps of evidence on this. Um yeah, I guess one thing even before that is that parents that are struggling. So I'm not a relationship expert. I'm an expert of child development, mental sure. health. But I still think there is some significant stuff to think about within the relationship. And a lot of families will talk about when they're going through that, you know, they consider staying together for the kids, which is not necessarily right because it goes back to that adverse childhood experience of household dysfunction. Thank God my parents didn't stay together. Gotcha. So there's kind of that consideration and there's probably a lot of heartbreak that's happening at the moment in the community with certain couples that are going through that. The trick is instead of thinking about it as staying together for the kids, Mm. it's staying on the same page for the kids and working together for the kids. That's... That's the important bit and what you want to do is find what's the right thing for you as an individual that's going to give the best support for the kids. And in the early challenging times, it's so hard. Like I've had one bad breakup in my life. I've had, you know, amazing partners as the main, but your logic is gone, your emotions drive everything, your resources are scrapped, you're sleep deprived. Like it's Mm. awful and I can't imagine what it's like to be having then a kid in the mix like – you know, and and, and a pro, um, you know, at that stage maybe even a mortgage. Like the complexity, yeah. like you have a breakup in your twenties, that's mm-hmm. like gut wrenching and hard. And then but just add in all those other things. A career. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. <sighs> but if you want a bit of perspective giving, I um yeah, I saw a person in clinic uh just very recently, the last couple of days, who yep. I read the notes and you know, I'm like take anything, you know, the yep. tougher the better. But was reading all the stuff that was going on in this kid's background. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be 
you know, how's this person going to be with me when all this bad stuff has happened and they've kind of been going through the system and there's all this kind Nuts. of violence and everything. And I, I worked really hard just as I knew they were coming in down the corridor. I was like, get it out of your head. And I was just like, you know, you know nothing, just learn from them who they are. Gotcha. Come in amazing, like just really good kid, you know, just is a victim of all of the circumstance and the trauma he's experienced coming up and all that stuff. All the stuff I know, I just got lost it a bit when I was reading the notes. But, yeah, he's a few months off being a dad and he's still a kid. Okay. And, you know, system and community is going to have to come in around him like it should with all of us, yep. but especially with him because – Otherwise, you have this multi-generational, you know, cycling Oof. that happens. And that's what happens with all of us. That's what we talk about. The kind of best way we – the way we – that influences our parenting is how we were parented. It's well, the hardest thing is you've got to think, I don't want to do that stuff that I remember as a kid was really hard. You know, and that's not a criticism of my mum and my dad, but I want to take the good stuff but really purposefully think about the bad stuff and go, that I don't want to carry that in because that's the thing I'm starting to sound like my mother. You know, that kind of moment that happens to you where you're like, oh, man, I used to annoy me so much when I was a kid and I'd hear those type of statements. And I've got to purposefully move them out of my own parenting strategy and think about I don't want that to exist. Now, that kid is really going to need a lot of support because he's young. You give me a kid as a teenager. I reckon I was ready to have a kid about a year before I had one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's... um, it's tough. Yeah, it's a tough time. But, yeah, so I think it's kind of consistency around that because what we know happens is that emotional dysregulation that happens mm. from the parents, the spillover hypothesis, this relationship conflict that I'm having with my partner or who mm. I've recently separated from mm-hmm. or whatever, if you don't get on top of that, it will impact their emotional development. Is more likely to have behavioural difficulties. Yep. There's evidence that shows it impacts school readiness, socially and academically. Yep. It increases teen risk-taking. And what you and I often talk about, I think we've talked about on the mics much, it impacts the relationship you'll have with your kids when they're adults. Yeah. Because they will remember that and go, that was turmoil, that was vicious, that was awful. And I shouldn't have been dragged into it. Yeah. And it's we need to make sure we don't drag our kids into it because, you know, they cannot be, like you were talking about, early in the separation, they cannot be a communication source. Tell no. your mum this. Tell your oh, dad that. No. You cannot do that. No. You need to very aggressively stop yourself from doing yeah. that. Because that's transgressing boundaries and you end up in all sorts of stuff, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And trying to win the child over. And I completely understand it. Well, I get I was it. in it. But yeah. you, well, you've got to really purposefully move away from that. Not just because mm. it doesn't work, but also you run the risk of impacting the relationship you have with your child and their mental health development if they are like that. If they felt like they had to fix it, it was their responsibility. I'm the communication pathway. It's awful stuff, you know. And. That's why one of the strategies that they have, like, so hopefully anyone who's separated, like, hopefully people who are listening, there'll be no one out there that's like, oh, we do this perfectly, you know, we don't need to do this better. But think about that. Think about the empathy, the affirming, what the other person's doing. How do we combine our best powers? How do I not leave you with all the crap stuff so that I roll in from work and I just get to be the fun guy, Yep. you know, and that's really important. And I've got heaps of stories from clinic about that where, you know, mums are just like, Oh, no, that's not my job. I'm the person who does the homework with them, cooks the dinner, cleans the house and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And Dad hardly gets to see them. So, of course, he's always the fun guy. And it's like, no, 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 that can't. You cannot do that. Like, it's not 
you need to have positive experiences. I gave a dad a huge lecture yesterday because he's got this 17-year-old who's struggling academically and all this stuff. Great, great kid. And um, the dad's entire relationship with him is built around you need to do more homework, you need to think about your future and all this stuff. Yeah. And I had to pull him up and you could see this kid just lighting up. I was like, you need to do stuff with him that's just fun and you can't talk about any of this other stuff. Yep. And dad's like, yeah, but what about, you know, he's going to mess up his future in university and, you know, if he doesn't, if he gets kicked out. And I'm like, no, 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 just fun. And it was quite funny because then the kids started playing with it a bit and was like, yeah, well, we're going to drag you out for a surf then. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say the dad like, yeah. And I was like, hang on, you've got to both enjoy it. <laughs> you can't just be having a laugh at your dad trying to catch a wave. <laughs> but, but it was awesome, you know what I mean? Because that's, yeah. that's the important thing, whether it's in conflict or whatever, you've got to aggressively protect the relationship that mm. each of you have. So I need to protect Annalise's relationship with Annalise, uh, with Yvette. It's not her sole responsibility to protect that. I need to nice. come in and I need to say, I need to brush her hair more. I need to be nice. the one that puts her yeah. down when she doesn't want to go down. I need to make sure that you're resourced to have fun times with her. Yeah. I can't just be like, well, bad luck. You've done a 15-hour shift. You know, you need to help me. I need to go, how can I help you so that you've got the energy to come in and just enjoy her yep. and just celebrate her? And that's through all life course. That's not just because she's a toddler. You've got to do that. And we'll have to very purposefully, aggressively do that with our kids and for our partners with their relationship with their and kids. Now? The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you do. Like, you're pretty good, good at it. There's a lot of people who are listening. It'll be tiny little adjustments. There's heaps of people that'll just be drowning and overwhelmed. Yeah. It'll just be like furious at how imbalanced the, this current situation is. Now, there's this kind of awful bit which we should touch on before we get to the scene, which will be there in a minute. Yeah. Is that often. Often that's not achieved. Well, not often. Sometimes that's not achievable. What is it? In separated parents, this kind of co-parenting arrangement. Mm. And what kind of the evidence support, psychology theory around that is sometimes you need to move into what's called parallel parenting. And that is you completely, you never intersect. You run as two parallel parenting trajectories for those kids and you obviously everything's written, everything's agreed upon, you do separate parent-teacher interviews and you kind of go, yeah, cool, this is just, this is how it happens. The kid doesn't get caught up in any of that kind of animosity, you know, any of that kind of, kind of, yeah, dysfunction in the relationship and you operate separately and that will protect the kid when nothing else will. So if you can't find a common ground, you've gotcha. got to kind of go, well, I've got to pull the kid out of this the, the the child, as everyone knows, it's listening. The child trumps everything, trumps you know whether or not you get one up over the other parent, or you know proving that you're better at this, or the kid needs to hear that the only reason that they don't want to go to bed on a Monday night is because you spent the whole night with your dad just playing. You know that doesn't help. The kid doesn't realize that. And go, oh yeah, cool, I'll go to bed because you're right. It is because you know dad's just letting me do whatever I want on the weekend, and that sounds really tough. Really tough. Really tough. I see it heaps in clinic. I experienced as a child myself. Parallel parenting. Parallel parenting. Yeah, it's a it's a strategy that some families will need to maybe just sit in a pocket for a bit and go. I got to sort my own stuff out. I got to get let them sort their stuff out. But I can't stay in this conflict, which we're going to see a beautiful example of now in cool. the scene. Is that this is kind of early separation. Um, the reason I'm laughing is because as, as all this movie does, it kind of really well 
balances the humour humor and the, the turmoil, turmoil yeah. and the drama of it. So he's kind of had to find his own place and he's left and he's sitting down having a dinner with the kids and she rocks up to pick him up and we'll talk about some of the strategies. First, I'm going to get you to call out, so think about what's going on that shouldn't be and then we'll call out what should be happening instead and some moves that can be helpful. Gotcha. I love a task. All right, here's the scene, guys, available on our Instagram page. Uh, that's mom. No, that's not. Can't be. She's an hour early. Come on, Nanny, we gotta go. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 come on. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. You don't have to run off when she honks the horn. Come on, you're on my time now. You're my goddamn kids, too. Come on, hey. Hi. Oh, Daniel. Charming. Thank you, Miranda. I, I was going kind of for a refugee motif, you know, fleeing my homeland kind of thing. But look at you. This lovely dances with wolves motif. What's your Indian name? Shops with a fist? Are my children ready yet? No, our children are not ready yet because you are an hour early and you were an hour late dropping them off. Daniel, I'm really sorry, but I don't have time for this, all right? I have to go to the bank and the market. I have to drop something off at the newspaper office. Newspaper. I'm sorry. Oh, are you taking out one of those personal ads? It's DWF, seeks WWM with BMW, and light B&D. I'm placing an ad for a housekeeper. Housekeeper? Why do you need a housekeeper? I need someone to be there when the children get home from school to clean, possibly start dinner. How much are you going to pay this person? $300 a week, is that all right? <laughs> May I see the ad? Oh. Miranda, right. just let me look at the ad. I have a right. Is there all father, right, please? Hugo. Anything else you want to see? Are you offering? Not anymore. What's the change? That's all right. Mm -hmm. Here, Mommy, we're fine. Oh. Hey, Miranda, why don't you let me take care of the kids? I'll pick them up after school. They can be with me for a couple of hours, and then I'll drop them off at your house after work. Yeah. Oh, Mom, that'd be great. Please. Look, oh, Mom, yeah. the kids love it. Please. I'll think about it. For his goddamn kids, too. <laughs> kids say the darndest things. <laughs> Thank you. Any other choice phrases you'd like to teach our five-year-old, Daniel? Oh, I was trying to keep count of the things. So the things <laughs> yeah. I didn't, the things that started poorly were is they talked like the children weren't in the room. Yeah. That's that why was, we've seen landed as the one because the kids are there listening to that whole thing. Yeah, and they're saying he, they're talking to each other as if they're not there. There's obviously what he does pre-mum even coming up yeah. around like, you're my goddamn kids. Like, that was bad. There was just the sniping going on between like he had a couple of goes she she opened with a bit of oh this is charming yeah <laughs> like, that refugee motif it's yeah. like looking around the apartment which is actually a lovely apartment yeah yeah um and then uh i think just as he turns the kids like a bit which isn't good and unfair yeah. on sally which isn't going to result it just doesn't wouldn't result in anything good turning the kids on the mum um there's a couple of other things there was something else in there that was really bad um, I can't remember. I wish I had pen and paper while we we're doing this. Yeah, so no, no, I think you've got most of them. So yeah, before she even gets there, he's like aggressive and he does that bit. The worst of him comes out because mm. of the stress and she's honking the horn outside and she's early 
And God, if that doesn't trigger me, it happened for a big significant period of my childhood. And it actually talks to one of the moves is that you should never go and pick up the kids, you should drop off the kids. So the reason is that you never interrupt anything. So if you have the kids and then you drop them off, you're deciding oh. when it happens. But if you pick the kids up, you do exactly what's happening. He's having a meal with his kids that he gets to see one day a week. Gotcha. So simple, simple stuff of like you should always Great drop the move. kids off, not pick them up. Right. Yeah. So really easy to say. Like there's a lot of people where they're like, yeah, cool, but I work or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. Car oh, I like hadn't thought thing. about that. I like that. So yeah. Yeah, you've got to remember some some parents are actually better parents separated, you know, yep. and that's – yeah, this is what we see in this movie. He becomes a better parent because he's not in that relationship. She, he almost leans way too hard on her and goes, I'm just going to be a fun guy because I've got someone who's paying the bills. I've got someone who will make sure the, head, the homework's done. I've got someone. And then he puts on this caricature of Mrs. Doubtfire and he realises he's actually got to support her. Mm. He doesn't – you know, remember the, in this scene he's talking negatively about her behind her back – and he, you know, about prior to the scene where we started it, he's like having a go at her and goes, I hope she gets dysentery and all that stuff. Yeah. But the moment he's Mrs. Doubtfire, he calls that out and says, Surely you wouldn't talk about, you know, their father like this in front of them. Mm. And he says, Because he can see that in that role and he can see the need to do homework and he gives them chores and all that stuff. He just couldn't do it as a dad when he was there. He had to kind of come out of that and realize. The other bit is that he – the really big thing he does, which is bad, is that he goes, let let me do it, you know, in front of the kids. Let me do it. It'll be so much fun. I'll pick them up after school and then puts pressure on the mum of all the kids going, yay, let's do it. And then the mum has to be the sensible one. So he completely yep. undermines her and says, it's up to you whether the kids get to do this amazing thing. And she's the one who's left with the responsibility of is this the right thing for the kids, which it isn't. You know, it's just that kind of we constantly see that in households where there's dysfunction is that there's undermining in front of the kids of like we should all go to Disneyland next week or we should all have ice cream for dinner or whatever. And then one of the parents has to be has the really crummy job of swinging in and going, no, we can't or I'll think about it like she does. All the weight is put on them. You're right. There's this kind of conflict that's happening the whole time, the sniping, the kind of oh, what's changed, you never, you know, what you knew you were never affectionate with me in the relationship, so nothing's changed anymore. But And both of them, you can tell, think the kids aren't hearing it. They're not picking it up. And we constantly hear about that in clinic as well, of no, no, they don't realise. You know, they don't realise what the, the disharmony that's happening mm. within our relationship. And sometimes, like, that separation, if you can, can be an awesome opportunity to support the development in kids because what it shows them, like we talked about even when uh, us and our partners, it's not about not having conflict. It's about role modelling the resolution and giving good understanding and giving pathways for kids to come and ask and go, why were you shouting at mum? Why were you? And you go, sweet, we're going to talk about it. And showing them that you always recover and what your priorities are. But you can actually do that when you're separated as well. You're like... We're going to figure this out together as parents, as a family and all this stuff. What's the best thing for all of us here? You help them learn about how to do transitions. You help them learn how to resolve conflict. You help them learn about different environments. Like I benefited from that because I, I got to be in multiple different environments and two different communities and all of that stuff. So it's... There and you are, benefited from that? Yeah, I benefited because... My parents were worse in partnership than gotcha. separated, which yep. is a lot of kids. I think a yep. lot of people stay together. Yep, that shouldn't. Gotcha. You know that without getting a bit 
I don't think there's anyone who's like, oh, we, I should, we should have never got divorced. No. You know? Yeah. So I just wanted to unpack why you were no, saying that. But yeah, but that it's also like, so it made my parents be better parents, but it's also two separate environments, you know, mm. that I got to thrive within and had different social groups and, you know, all of those things and had a primary caregiver that was better as a sole caregiver. Mm-hmm. In both scenarios. And there was a lot of hardship in it. Like my mum had three jobs and all that stuff. She just had this thing about she had to stay in the house and had to keep paying the mortgage and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, so there was definitely challenges and there's always challenges. But it was the right thing for my development and my mental health. Um, and it wasn't done perfectly by any means. But I think if you think about that and go, cool, how's the way that I support my child's development and mental health through this, including my own, like you spoke about, proactively going and seeing a therapist, making sure you prioritise ourselves. We did that way back on the parental mental health and big, I think it was, that we did. Um, Yeah, so we had a whole topic on that and that's really important. But we're talking now just about the kids Mm. and co-parenting. We've already had heaps of questions come in. We're about to hit the hour mark. We're going to use those, but... I want people to send in stuff. Like there's there's a lot more to talk about. There's heaps of stuff I wanted to say today that we haven't gotten to, but we'll be guided as we always are yep. by what people send in. Yep, and I think like just from our last two part two episodes, we've had so, so, so many questions. It makes it great. And I don't, we'll try and still keep it under an hour, but I think it's most important that you get the information out there for people. So we'll do our best um, to do that. And the best way to actually ask us some questions is via Instagram. So go over to Pop Culture Parenting. Um, one, you can send us via the DMs um, as they come through. So make sure you follow us. Um, the reason being is that you can then see the stories that Billy throws up. So he'll, if you're like, oh, I don't really know what to ask. Billy and I will do some stories later in the week. It'll prompt some questions for you, so follow the stories, whack your questions in there, and then we'll um we'll we'll sort of well we'll <laughs> I'll be here. Billy will answer the questions. <laughs> oh no, yeah, and um, we'll have to figure out for the next step who's going to be Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I think I don't know. I reckon I've got the rounder face. Really? Um, yeah. I do. Oh, mate, I think you're better as Pierce. <laughs> oh, it's piercing blue eyes. Um, but that'd be great, guys. So make sure you send your questions through. We really do appreciate it. It makes everything as part of part two. And we expect we're going to add lots more questions to the ones we already have about co-parenting. Um, so, yeah, the bigger the complex, the longer, the better. And, and, yeah, get the questions to us quickly because a quick turnaround. Quick turnaround this week, guys. Yeah. Um, Billy, thanks so much. Heaps of work done there. And I uh, understand a lot more about co-parenting in general but also what makes a stronger environment for kids to do better in so that's awesome thanks heaps for that no thank you nick thanks guys speak to you next week